0: Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for all trance. All is a word in season for somebody. Thank you for all a word in season, a word that meets a need. Thank you. Because through my lips, through my heart, you Speak to everyone what they can walk with today. Thank you for us that that are open to hear you this morning. Thank you for your help, dear Holy Spirit. It's going to be a great time this morning. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Before you sit down, open your Bible. Genesis 15. Genesis 15. Genesis 15, 1 to 5, before you sit down, alright? Are we there together? Are we all there? Alright. Want to go on the screen. After these things, one of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Verse four, verse three, Abraham said, "'Look, you have given me no offspring. "'Indeed, one born in my house is my heir.'" Verse four, and behold, what of the Lord came to him saying, "'This one shall not be your heir, "'but one who will come from your own body "'shall be your heir.'" Verse five, then he brought him outside and said, "'Look now toward heaven, and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants. Good verse 17, verse 17. Same chapter, verse 17. And it came to pass, when the sun went down and it was dark, that, the old, that there appeared a smoke, yeah, and a burning touch that passed between those pieces. Verse 18, on the same day, To so your descendants, I have given this land. From the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, all right? Um, the Kenites, the Kenazites, the Kadmonites, the Itites, the pes and the river. All right? Keep going. Yeah, yeah. we can have our seats. Glory to Jesus. Hopes of tomorrow. Okay. When we released that title, there was argument in our group, leaders' group, on how correct the grammar is. Okay? We have some grammar police in this church, grammar police. They like to, it's good. All right? So, hopes of tomorrow. Is it correct? Is it not correct? All right. Okay. Hallelujah. All right. So, God spoke to Abraham. I told Abraham, Abraham, don't be afraid. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. So imagine God coming excited. Father to child, my son, I have you. I have your back. All will be well. I will take care of you. You'll be fine. And her son says, daddy, what will you give me? I don't have this and that God came to Abraham and made a promise to him again I am your shield I am all you will ever need I am your exceedingly great reward and Abraham told God God what will you give me God you brag to me every time before we say, heir, eh, you've made a big boast, a big promise to me. But God, it's not gelling my reality. It's not gelling. God, I don't have a son. I don't have an heir. No child at all. And Eliezer, you know, my 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 slave's son will be my heir. How will I tell people? that you are for me, that I speak to the God of all the earth, that I speak to Yahweh, how will I tell people? And I don't have a child. So I imagine Abraham was at this time wealthy, prosperous, big. So he had several slaves that had their wives and also several children. So imagine kids all over the house and none belonged to Abraham. Get the picture? I was looking at this morning. So imagine Sarah also. Nothing, not you know, servants, children, um, servants, servants, many servants, children. So everybody's giving birth in the house. But none belong to the owners of the house. So they spend their money feeding kids that are not theirs while wanting children. So of course, Abraham had a big problem. So imagine people telling, Eliezer, you know, telling, telling the, telling the servants that, ah, Oga doesn't have a child, do. Your son is always like a child to him. So it looks like when Oga goes, you will blow. That's all Oga has. It's like it's coming to your child. When he dies, remember me, I'm your guy, you. Hallelujah. So Abraham had a big concern. So, God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. And God felt a bit frustrated that, Abraham, I speak to you every time about your seeds. That should tell you that I have a plan to give you children. Hallelujah. So God told him, guy, your, 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 your mate's children, your maid's child will not be your heir, but one that will come from your loins will be your heir. And next, we're going to talk about the future, about the sinners after him. Abraham was going to say, God, talk about my needs. And God said, no, let's talk about tomorrow. Let's talk about the vision about tomorrow. That Abraham, if you look beyond your need to the vision, my words over you, you realize that your today's needs are not a problem. Now, when you look at what I've t- told you about your future, you will see that having a child is sure because I've told you about your, your seeds after you. Do you understand? When you go to God and say, God, I need this, I need this, I need that, I don't have this, so I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm angry, and God says, go back again to our words together. You will see... That in your destiny, those your needs are already catered for. But that if you will walk with me, you have to, you know, not get stuck on today's challenges. It can't be about your needs for today. Abraham, I have bigger plans than to get you a car. I have bigger plans give you a new job. I have I have bigger plans than that. So your car that you want today or the job is not really what is what is not my it's not my priority. It will come with a vision. But Abraham, I need you to keep your eyes on the vision. What is the vision? I have given you and your seed this land. It didn't even say I will give. He says, I have given. The you know way God speaks. The way God speaks about the future with so much authority. I have done it. Meaning, on my own part, it's not a problem. Can we focus and get the work done? Hallelujah. So God was telling Abraham, Your life is more than you. Your life is more than you. And if you walk with God, if you walk with God, it's us to stick in your consciousness that your life is more than you. Otherwise, today's pains will break you. Make a compromise. Make you cut corners. Your life is more. It's more than you. I've got to then Abraham over and over and over again. This is about your seed, about your descendants. This is more. Than you. So tell your neighbor, my life is more, is more than me. Say it properly with, with conviction. My life is more than me. People that live for themselves alone do not ever make the best of the blessing. They don't make the best of the blessing over their lives. God does not end up laziness. God doesn't bless laziness. James 4 says, you ask not, you, you, ask, you ask not, so you have not. And when you ask, you ask for selfish reasons, so you don't also get it. Meaning that, if my life is about myself, okay, alone, I don't get the best of my work with God. That my deeds my, 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 my today, you know, should be seen as affecting others and people that will come after me. That today's actions and inactions will affect someone's tomorrow. Are we still together? God, God said, Abraham, where you stop today is someone else's beginning point tomorrow. So, I need you to build with tomorrow in mind. Okay, so let me now do a backtrack to Wednesday Service to show how we got to this particular conversation today, okay? That somebody's ending point is someone's starting point. That what you do today with your life and goals and vision will be somebody else's starting point tomorrow. 125. Matthew twenty-five. Matthew twenty-five. Hallelujah! All right, Matthew twenty-five. Are we there? From verse fourteen, right? Hallelujah! Can we go together? And to one, he gave five talents together, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents, went and what treated with them, and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two, gained two more also, but he who had received one, went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. 19, after a long time, the Lord of the servants came and set accounts with them. 20, so he who had received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, deliver to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. 21, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Okay, 22. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, yeah, I have gained two more talents beside them. 23. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. All right? Read it well. Nick went to school. I'm sorry. <laughs> 24. Let's read really it better, okay? Yeah. Whew. Twenty-six. You wicked and lazy servants, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Twenty-seven. So you also have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I will receive here my own with interest. Twenty-eight. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Luke 19, 11 to 13. Luke 19, 11 to 13. Want to go? Okay, same story, okay? Same story, okay? Different authors, different accounts of the same story, all right? Want to go? he spoke another parable because it was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. 12. Therefore he said to them, Yeah. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 miners and said to them, do business. So I come. Okay. So background story, right? Um, this was days of, of Roman occupation of Israel, so they were under Roman colonization. You know, so they were sort of not free in their own land. Okay, and Jews, being what they are, are very proud people. They know they belong to God. So to see Romans occupy and rule your land was not funny. Okay, so of course they could not be they could not be to be. It was restrictive. It was you know. Oppressive and stuff like So they, they were waiting for when the Messiah would come and make everything all right. All right? They longed for the good old days of King David. Okay? When Israel was Israel. Powerful Israel. Strong Israel. With great army commanders like Job and Co. Strong Israel. not for Solomon's days when there was peace everywhere. When they were the reigning country. Hallelujah. When people come from far away, try and see how, how awesome Israel was. So they long for the good old days. But they also know about the future. When the Messiah would come, there is also David's son that will come, you know, and bring back, you know, better days. And this time, his kingdom would last forever. So they long for when everything will be all right, Okay, all by what God would do. They didn't want any work. Just, enough, enough to just come now that everything can be fine. So Christ told them, because they thought like this, that the kingdom will immediately appear and everything will be fine. So he taught them, God's kingdom operates like this. Okay, and it told them up until this follow me that kingdom you looking for comes which will come. Okay, is the way to operate the kingdom today. Are we still together? You have told me before in Luke 7 21 that the kingdom of God is within them, the kingdom of God is within them. So they should know that already, okay? So we can look for the coming kingdom, which is not bad, okay? We must also know that right now, God's kingdom is in the believer. So this is the idea. That's of just spend all your life waiting for kingdom come. You should begin now to operate out God's kingdom within you, okay? That with what you have in your hands, you are doing business, you are trading, being productive until it comes. He's saying that you don't stay this year and be praying, Jesus Christ, come back, come back. It will not work. That your job is not to wait for me to come like that, but to be busy working, being productive, living better lives till I come. That till I come, do what you can to make your life better. And those around you also better. Don't stay there waiting for me. Get busy making things happen until I come. He says in, in the parable here, master came back after a very long time. Meaning, they spent all their lives waiting wait, for wait, wait, to come back. They wait for a very long time. If they spent all their lives waiting for when they will come and make everything good. They, they will die, okay, and he will not come back. Yeah? Meaning that they will spend all their lives waiting and I'll have nothing to show for it. So also, for us today, again, waiting for God to come to make everything all right. You might not... You might have gone long, okay? And your children gone also, amen, before Christ would come. So that your job is not to wait for Christ to come, but to occupy till Christ returns. This is Christ speaking now to them. Your job is to occupy, get busy, trade, be productive until I come. Hallelujah. So the one that had five came back with five more talents. Meaning, I walk with my five. I made five more. The one with two came back like and said, Okay, you gave me two. I walk with my two, and I made my two become four. Hallelujah. But the one with one came back like and said, Master, I are not fair. How could I have only one? My neighbor, my friend, had five. The other had two. <laughs> You gave me one, so he went and hid the master's money. He was thinking that you know, the master was about just getting back his own money, not knowing that follow me. That you know, whatever they end with, with their resources is still their own. Because one, I made five; one, I made one, I made two. Okay, he still gave them back. You know what they end, and even gave them more. Are you following me? So he gave them many more things because of the productive what they had in their hands. it didn't take from them. He even gave them more. So that your work and productivity is about your life. It's not about God. It's not out to take from you. It's out to give to you. But that guy came and thought, you know, it's not fair. You're just was a wicked businessman. Not knowing that all the while it was about his own life. And destiny. Now, he told the master, it's unfair. You gave me just one. You gave me just one. And if you think about it truly, really, it might feel you know unfair. That the way life is, some start with five, some with two, some with one. Some people are born privileged. If I die for $10 or gates, I prefer gates. Alright. And so i are born. In the village, no resources, you know, with little. It feels unfair. But, you know, before God, let me explain it very well. Before God, it is fair. How is it fair? Said the Wednesday. When you look at me, I'm not just my life. I'm not just what I've done or did not do. I'm a mixture of many influences. I am my actions and actions. I am my parents' actions and inactions. I am my ancestors' actions and inactions. That all they have done is what makes me, me. Think about it well. All you are now is not just what you have done. All you are is what you have done, what your parents did, what they did not do, what I enjoyed, what Nigeria did not do, so that who you are as a whole, okay, where you are is there. Because who you are, it's not just what you have done. You are a makeup of influences. Are we together this, this, this morning? So, my name is Tolu Ayeni. Okay? When you hear my name, is Tolu Ayeni, it's okay. I'm a Yoruba boy. Let me do this as well. So, I'm Yoruba. Okay, when you hear Ayeni, means that I'm born of Mr. and Mrs. Ayeni. So, I'm a makeup of what I have done, Tolu and Ayeni, what they have done in the past that, that affects me today. I am my upbringing, I am where I grew up what I was trained with, what I was raised with. I am the poverty of their wealth. All they've done today has come to, that to make me who I am today. I am Nigeria, the economy, the religion, the culture. Do you understand? Yes, so all those things together makes me who I am. So what people put ahead of me has decided who I am today. I am my genes, I am bowed. it's not my fault or it's my fault because I am all they did together. Do you understand? So I started with what some people did ahead of me and gave to me. I am Nigerian, I am Lagosian, meaning that I like speed, I'm always in a hurry. It's my fault, it's not my fault, okay? Because I am all these things put together, meaning that what others did before I had any sense or could make choices affects who I am today, and what I start with. It also now means that my children after me tomorrow, okay, will be affected by what I do today. What I choose, where I go, what I become, become another person, the person's starting point. So that if he has five, if he has two, or if he has one, I have a part to play in it. So God was telling Abraham, Abraham, your life is beyond you. People's future and destinies are locked up inside of you. So if you walk with me, you must look beyond your needs today. There's a lot more to your life than what you need today. So if people tomorrow we have hope, it will be because you work with me. You did right and gave them some, some, something good to begin their life with. So that the hopes of tomorrow, okay, is inside what I do today. People say kids are tomorrow's leaders. It's a lie. Well, it's not a lie to both. We, okay, decide what they start with tomorrow we can help them with a good start or we can make them you know, crippled from the beginning. Hallelujah. Okay, back to my notes. <laughs> are we together this morning? Yes, Alright. So, if you walk with God, you have to look beyond today. Think about those that are coming after you and what your choices will have on them. Our mistakes and our good deeds will affect us and our children. You know, Abraham, Abraham you know, took um, Sarah to a new country and told them it was a sister before Isaac was born, right? Now, Isaac also told them also, Rebecca, my sister, who taught you not to lie? Where did he get it from? Don't forget that Abraham did that before Isaac was born. But Isaac also left the same thing, either by bit of the, or, by, or by observing. But what we do today, you know, affects those that come after us. Jacob was a schemer. His because we're also worse schemers. They killed, don't wanted to kill their brother. And like that, you know, an animal ate him. Then I said, okay, that's too bad. That's too, that's too cruel. Let's send him to another country as a slave. You my point here? A schemer gave birth to better schemers. We produce who we are. We reproduce who we are. And our kids take it even further. Glory to Jesus. So we have to live today with tomorrow in mind. This was still even, you know, this are still mild stories. Let's see David. Second Samuel 11. 2 Samuel 11 that we represent ourselves. We produce who we are. We produce who we are. We reproduce who we are. This is a good story. All right? Let's go together. I want to go. Yeah. All right, look at this. It was the spring, you know, springtime of the year. Okay, the times when kings go to war, but David sat back and sent his boys to to war. This is the story of David and Bathsheba. All right. Now, when we read these things, we that are here to make big mistakes. We feel very cool and say, Bad David. Amen. But as you grow older, you will start, you are also very fallible. Is that English? Yes. Fallible, i mean, fallible, fallible. Okay. Yeah, i to get your attention. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And when you see these stories, you become less judgmental, you become more, more introspective. Checking to see, am I capable of this mistake? These are my children. See people's mistakes. You check to see. Can I fall like this also? And most times his answer is yes. Yes, answer most times. If you are being real, it's yes. So this is David. Fighting from age 15, age 15 you know, when, when, when someone was 15 years old, so he went to fight like 17, he became a warrior of like age 17, you know, so he had fought all his life. He became an adult from, 10, from his teen years, fighting all his life. At this time, he was tired of fighting. He was having midlife crisis tired, bored, asking weird questions. Who am I? Why are all these fights? I'm tired. I, 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 I want to rest and just just chill. I get my point here. So, he was there in his house at the time. This story is actually very instructive, okay? Because every word there means something. Every word there means something. They were telling us that if he had gone to fight, this matter would not have happened. But well, if you have been there before, where well, you felt tired of, of trying, wasn't there before? Tired of working, tired of being a good boy. I've been this all my life. So what's you know, our fathers left some fathers left very early. So you've been adulting since you were a teenager, caring for your parents, for your siblings. You Know just tired of, of being tired, I just want to chill, no work again. Let me just rest and be okay. Now, made that made because now you could afford to totally chill you could afford to chill because now he's king that has raised loyal men. So, mean that he didn't have to work again, he had the resources, the people to afford, you know, complacency made worse. Amen. Amen. So, bad guy went to his house, verse 2, roof of his house, verse 2, verse 2. Then it happened, look at this, to show us that this is why it happened. Then it happened that idle people are a fatal soul for temptation. When you have no dreams, they are pursuing. Amen. No new visions they are pursuing. No new prayer they are pursuing. That when you are idle, you are fertile ground for temptation. All right? One evening together, I read it together, that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's... See, David arose from his bed at a time when kings go to war. It was a vacation. All right? And walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof... And the woman was very beautiful. Okay. So, I imagine as a king, he had seen five women a Lot. He's a king, king of Israel. He had seen very beautiful women. But at this time, he was bored, he was tired, he was vulnerable. I've been there. Times when you feel so strong, when you feel so vulnerable, and, and weak. If I like, you're trying to be quiet like, like you're not talking about, all right? So, verse three, the woman was a speck. He saw her and, you know, like, this one is so fine to my eyes. In a time it was vulnerable and available. He saw his speck. All right? So David sent <laughs> and inquired about the woman. And someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Utah? Now, as a king, he had loyal men Like, like we said on bad errands. Imagine you asking someone, you ask, King, you meant to be a good guy. Tell your servants, Who is that babe? They know it is bad, though, but because you can afford the sin. Okay, and they said, "Ah, it's Bathsheba now, Uriah's wife, one of your soldiers. Okay, verse 4. Ah. Then David sent messengers and took her. He, again, he had the power to afford the sin. So he told them, go and bring that to me. And they went, loyal guys, he's king. He had the two that would die for him. So they went, they cannot tell him, oh, okay, God, it's not good. They, w- <laughs> they went and brought her to him. Okay? So she came to him, okay? And he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity. Okay? She was not in her period studies. So okay? And she returned to her house. So David's mind is that I've chopped, I've cleaned mouth, no stains, I will not be caught. Okay, verse 5. And the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am with child. Now this time you can't just clean your mouth easily. So what David did next? No David did next. David planned with Joab. Again, he has much power and loyal men that they will kill for him. So he told Joab, send this guy home to me. So the guy came back home, you know, head to the king and all that. Okay, go home now. The guy would not go home. The guy slept at the, at the end of the king's house. because It's war time. I should not be at home, okay? So I will not go home. Ha. The king now went the next day and made him drunk, so that he will go to his wife. This guy drunk still did not go home. Problems, man. The hope was that he would go home, sleep with his wife, and the child would be like, you know, at the room it's his own. Okay? But it did not work. So in a sense, this is David that is meant to be a child of God. <laughs> King of Israel. Man after God's heart. Scheming and devising such evil. This is the fun to look at from afar. But where you can afford the same? That's what we'll know if you're not seeing the same. Amen. All right. So next, David told Joab, sent back, back to Joab, and said, told Joab, this guy should not return home. Joab got the message. This guy must die at war. This is David. <laughs> you know, when you have so much power and lawyer, you can tell people to do something bad, and they will they, they, do it for you. So Joab also, of course, sharp soldier guy, okay? <laughs> send the guy to a bad place in the war, okay? And then we drew from him. No, no, no back support. And there Uriah was killed. And the End of this chapter. That this thing displeased the Lord. That you made an Israelite die by the hands of Ammonites. To quite your own secrets. You chapter 12. But to David, he had done this thing. Oh, the shake he had done it and gotten away with it. But this thing displeased the Lord. Okay, verse 12. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David. And he came to him and said to him, Let's go together. There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds. All right? But the poor man had nothing except one lamb. Okay? which he had brought and nourished, and grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food, and drank from his own cup, and lay in his own bosom, as it was like a daughter to him. Verse 4. Keep reading. And from his own herd. Yeah. But it took the poor man's lamp and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Verse 5. So The man who has done this, can you see how we are? I can see your sins, but I don't see my own. Even when you do what I do, I can see your own clearly. Even when it's like my own. I'm seeing your own. And the guy was like, he was angry. He was angry. This guy, I will kill him. He must die. Okay. Verse 6. And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb. Yeah, because did his thing, and because he had no pity. You are the man. And delivered from the hands of Saul. Verse 8. And I gave you the house of Israel. And if that had been little, I would have Why have you despised me of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Now therefore, the sword shall never depart from your own house because you have despised me. I have taken us eleven. Woof. Oh. For you did it secretly, thou will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. Now before you go ahead, okay, again, when we read the scripture. God is said to do things that he prophesied. God is said to do things he prophesied. So it's not as though God made somebody sleep with his wife. Consequence of action, okay? It's not as though God told somebody, well, oh yeah, you get up now. I'll make you do so and so and so, okay? But that when God speaks like this, God is said to, is, is said to, to, have, to have done what, what, what he prophesied or said would happen. Are we getting it. So God did not do it. But God said, it will happen do you understand don't say god now made somebody else to do something do you get my point here god no someone to do it god was telling him that this will happen that what you did will bring problems into your house so here is david by this singular act he opened up his house to problems but chapter 13 next thing amon and tamar amon raped his sister and sent her packing from the house. Next thing, Absalom planned together, planned and killed Ammon. Same Absalom later on, came and said, I will take my father's kingdom. All because David opened his house to problems by what he did. This is my point. Now what you do affects not just you it affects those around you that broken parents raise broken children hallelujah so when children grow up seeing their parents as hypocrites they become one also they become better hypocrites When children see their parents being something outside, something else inside, they they begin to despise truth and their parents also. So that the things we do today affect someone else's starting point tomorrow. That you can, from what you do today, okay, uh, bless your children or wreck them. That you hope or hopes, children, I know you want it, okay, of tomorrow, and in your actions today. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. But thank God because, you know, Solomon, Solomon, sorry, David did not stop here, okay? So, so, you know, Bathsheba also bought Solomon, okay? And I think Solomon became more deliberate with Solomon, okay? I've messed up with Ammon, with Absalom, okay? But this guy, I want to do better with him, okay? So, we now see David, okay? Um, let, let, let's go to, f- to second Kings 3. 2 Kings 5, 3 to 5. 2 Kings 5, 3 to 5. 2 Kings 5, 3 to 5. Are we still learning this morning? First Kings 5, 3 to 5, sorry. first Kings 5, 3 to 5. 1 Kings 5, 3 to 5. So this is my point, okay? My point of this so, so we can so we can follow together. That what we do today affects tomorrow. Where we stop is where our children will start. All right? What we do, either good or bad, affects tomorrow. Today's choices are determining tomorrow. Let's go together, verse 3. Once we go, You know how my father David could not be the house for the name of the Lord is God. Because of the wars which were fought against him on every side until the Lord puts his foes under the soles of his feet. Verse 4. But now, Lord my God, has given me rest on every side. It is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. Verse 5. And behold, I have proposed to be the house for the name of the Lord, my God. And Lord spoke to my father, David, saying, Your son, i thrown in your place. shall be the house for my name. Now, in 1 Kings 7, they wanted to build the house for God, okay? So he called Nathan and told Nathan, I'm going to be the house for Jesus, for, for, for God, right? You know, he had planned everything, he was going to do it. And Nathan told him, yeah, go ahead and do it. Go ahead, no, it's good, do it. But Nathan came back and said, "No, thus says the Lord, you will not do it. Your son, Solomon, will, will do it. Why? Because you've had too much bloodshed. In your hands. Okay. So, from this story, David fought wars that made Solomon not be to fight wars. David fought all the wars and gave Solomon a peaceful kingdom to run. So that even though it could not be the temple for his own wars, for his own bloodshed, Solomon did not need that kind of bloodshed. That fathers can give their children a good starting point to start life with. That now I, I, I can get my, my house dirty for my children's sake. I built for them so, they, so they, can, you know, they, can, they can start building from a higher pedestal. Hallelujah. So David, not only do that, David, you know, prepared all, all, all that the, the, the temple needed, the articles of gold and all that, you know, even received from God the, the, the temple download, the design of the temple, and gave it all to Solomon to begin to build. Are you getting me this morning? That fathers, now not just fathers, okay, that we that tresses today will determine where our children tomorrow will start with. Hallelujah. And when we say children, don't just think my own children. For the believer, your children are not just those from your loins, but your nation and generation. Hallelujah, Acts 1.8. Okay, shall be my witnesses in all of Judea. Please follow me, and in Samaria, and then what? Utmost parts of the earth. So that my job is not only my children. My job is my nation, amen. My continent, and then the world around. So I should be thinking of how to give my children, those born in my nation, my environment a better starting point for their future. So I don't, I don't leave myself alone, I live to give them a better starting point. Where we are today as a continent, what, what our fathers did or did not do. What will happen tomorrow is what we do or we don't do. That we can, you know, look beyond our own needs and desires and think about the future. Money being borrowed to death in our country, who will pay for it? You and our, our children. That God works with men that will carry a vision that is beyond them. That from where you are right now, you begin to think about the future and the role that God's calling for you will play in that future? What will our kids begin to do in the future? Will I leave them broken with my choices? Or will I leave them blessed? 2009, you know, God spoke to me and I wrote down my autobiography to my, to my son. I wrote down, you know, how far we had come, okay? In building a better, a better country, it looks well to people. Like when I want talk about Nigeria being good. It looks well, but I heard God. I, I can't say I no yet God. Okay, I heard God, and I wrote it down in that letter. I can't find letter. I wish I could find letter about how far we had gone and what they can, you know, what they can begin to do to build further. This is how you know you should you should do life. Carry a vision that is beyond you. What will I do? My calling. With my purpose and destiny, that will make those side of me have a better life. Out of my today, connect to tomorrow. So, when people tell me things like, leave the country, the country is bad, I agree with them. Okay? Some have to leave and help from afar. It's not bad. Hallelujah. But some also have to walk from within and play their part. But that I can't live my life for myself alone. I will run to have a good life for myself. Even if I am there, I have to remember my Jerusalem. I have to remember I am responsible for people that I grew up with where I was born. Hallelujah. People say these days, you know, I'm going for my, for my kids' sake. I, I, I like that also. But remember, that your kids are, are not only your only kids. You are sent to nations. God told Abraham, in your city, I was all of the heads. Be blessed. So can not just think about you and your children alone? There are nations that depend on your assignments, on your actions. So, your today will affect tomorrow. Who you marry is beyond just "I love you." You are six packs, six point five packs. It's <laughs> beyond the bust and the bomb size. But are these things will affect tomorrow? Can I build a vision with him? Can I build a vision with her? What can we do together that will shape tomorrow? I'm have be in our feet this morning. Lord, my eyes see clearly. My eyes see clearly. My eyes see clearly. I build with purpose. I build for the future. You can pray to God the name you want to pray. You can make it loud. You can make it sober. But let your heart carry a dream beyond you this morning. Let your heart carry a dream beyond you. Let your heart carry dreams beyond you. People that walk with God effectively are people that will carry dreams beyond them. God will not bless lazy men or you know selfish people. You are blessed to be a blessing. I can't just pray. It's too sober for me. Okay, make make it more. (laughs) Commit your thoughts, your dreams to God. That God, I live for something beyond me. I live for something beyond me. I weigh my actions, my choices as things beyond me. I run with responsibility, with a body for tomorrow, I will give my kids their nation a better start to their lives. For my sake and the work that I do, Saul will start his life with five, not one. This means like David, I fight wars. Get my hands dirty sometimes. Dirty in a good way, okay? When I apply myself. It might be hard sometimes. Yes, David fought wars. Got his hands dirty for the future's sake. Think about it, how my works will live beyond me, how my works will live beyond me, how my vision will live beyond me, how I'll bid for a legacy, close the, close the, uh, the naked, school the illiterate, Take those kids from the roads into schools. Care for your world around you. Big visions bang hard. Yeah. They drive you, they push you. Not small things like, you know, your next job. That's cool, right? But that's much than like your next job. When you see ahead, when you see big dreams, you know, other things become small and they pale, they pale around it. we begin to bet a new vision. The orphanages, the foundations, the free schooling, welfare systems, big, big businesses that, that will employ thousands, big businesses. The future, the future, the future. With integrity, uprightness. And someone begins to receive, you know, a vision for politics. How I will play my part? Because Nigeria needs me. I will get involved. I will dare to dream. Whatever it costs, I will dare. For the future sake, I will dare. I will dare. Yes, it gets hard, but I will dare. It's scary, right? The roads are tough, but I will dare. Even, even if like I'm wicked man, I will still dare because tomorrow needs me. Tomorrow needs me. Tomorrow needs me. Tomorrow has a cost. I will play it, I will pay that cost for my children's sake, for generations' sake. If I love God, I will love humanity. If I love God, I will love people. I will care for their welfare. I will care for where they grow. I will care for where they live, how they live. Father, thank you. So, Again, back to James. James said, this is true religion, that you care for the orphans and widows around you. And I leave the world, you know, without contamination. The parable of, of, of the Samaritan, religious men walked by, they did not help, were busy going to church this is going to heaven. I don't care if the world burns. I'm on my way to heaven. But the one that God approves of is the one that sees that the world needs my input. The future needs my input. I will not live for myself alone. My knowing God, my working with God, will bring me resources, grace to play my part to build tomorrow for, for others after me. This is true religion. When Africa and African Christians stop trying to go to heaven or stop trying to break through for themselves alone and see that they'll likely die and go Christ will not come back and that this world is ours to fix. The Mandela do not have ten heads. MLK did not have two heads. That men carried visions and betted, you know, what we have today. That is on us to bet tomorrow that God's grace and power at work in me should count for a big vision. Not only my breakthrough, my needs, my car, my house, that this is true religion. So if you wonder why the word hates us, it's for a reason. We are very responsible the church is trying too hard to run away we should be fixing things and making things happen so i hope to god that you'll not be like them that you do true religion let the world see jesus in you preaching is talking and demonstrating if i say god is good and you show my word god's goodness the hungry man needs food to see God's goodness or a job. That is my job to do. Provide the hungry. Maybe I'm yelling God. Abby. I'm yelling God. I have His power. I have His grace. Abi, we brag it now, man in Christ. Abby. So, it should show in my visions, like i can build something that will feed the hungry, clothe the naked, send people to school, and build tomorrow. You know, that people can start with five, not one, because. I played my part. So I hope that this drives you. This drives you. Something beyond you, because your life is more than you and your children in your house. There's a world out there that should see Jesus through your works. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Jesus, then we have prayed. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Cheers to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church. And do join us every Sunday by 9 a.m. and Wednesday by 6 p.m. to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world.